brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, weight gain. Maybe you think they're just part of getting older, but Midi Health understands that for women over 40, they can all connect to menopause. It's at the root of dozens of symptoms we experience, not just hot flashes. Midi clinicians are menopause experts offering safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match, with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Sports Yak. One host knows sports. Who's right there? The other doesn't know sports, but somehow they meet in the middle. Corey Mann. Get your big butt out of here! And Indiana Sports Broadcast Hall of Famer. This one will be relived. Chuck Freebie. Forever. Do you like sports? Because we like sports. Let's talk about sports. It's Sports Yak. Sports Yak. It's Sports Yak. Live from a bunker in the heart of the Ozarks, a podcast that will share the gold with you rather than throwing it back into the river, it's Sifpa. Welcome to Sif Pop Weekly, streaming live most weekends are available to download later in your podcast feed. Unless, of course, you're a patron. Patrons get perks. Patrons get those perks. I'm your host, Aaron Dicer, and he's a podcaster's best friend, Andrew Ormsby. (laughs) And each week we'll chat about movies, television, and whatever else from the pop culture universe is on our minds. Hey, buddy. Hey, man. How are you? I'm good. We've got uh, two movies today, but you only got to see one of them. Yeah. Because you've been building a house, which we talked about in the Members Only pre-show yes. so you know if you want to hear more on that conversation it's you can. not for lack of wanting to see both movies yeah. i want to make that clear well i just want to say right off the bat um i'm really bummed that you didn't see fantasy island because mm-hmm. i have so many things that are spoilerish that I want to talk to you about. You can totally, I know the premise of this movie. You can totally talk about it and yeah, it won't bother but, me. Okay. Yeah. And maybe that's true. You like spoilers aren't a huge, like if you know, that's fine. Maybe if it's a st- good movie, please don't spoil it for me. But if, okay. It, so we'll, whenever but what we if get, I don't whenever, know if you'll think it's a good movie, what if I can't <laughs> tell? Uh, we'll, we'll, I guess we'll find out whenever we get to the general <laughs> uh, thoughts of the movie. I'll tell you. Yeah, you can go ahead and spoil it for me. Oh, you've intrigued me. All right, fair enough. Yeah. Um, I'm excited to talk about the movies today. Uh, There's one thing I did want to talk about before we get into it. I don't know if this is too serious a conversation or whatever. Um, Like a really weird and to me interesting thing happened on Twitter over this last week and also traumatic and devastating for a lot of people. 
Um, but there was somebody who, uh, you know how somebody will find an old tweet or an old message from somebody and say, oh, look what this person said. Yeah, the, uh, uh, what's his name, who did the uh, the Guardians of the Galaxy? Sure, thing? sure, yeah, yeah. Or Kevin Hart. Yes, or, uh, or the several examples. Yeah. And it kind of plays into cancel culture, and I think that's why I wanted to talk a little bit about it. But there was uh, somebody on film Twitter, um, and I'm not going to use any names during any of this. I sure. mean, if you know the story, you know the story, that's fine. And, and maybe it'll become clear why I'm not using names. But uh, but she had used the N-word in a direct message uh, to somebody in her past. Right, right. That came out and uh, people were did kind of the cancel culture thing on her and said, you know, you can't do this. She offered an apology, that kind of thing. And then after like a day or so, left a message on Twitter that she was going to end it all and just said, it's, oh. it's become too much. I can't handle this. Like I said, this is a very serious thing. And immediately people were in the comments like, you know, don't do this. Uh, people who had more contact with her were, you know, contacting authorities um, and I don't know anything other than she's safe. That's all I know. She's oh, she's, thank goodness for that. She's safe, at least according to what I read on Twitter. Um, and and so that's great. So then after that, uh, then people were quote unquote canceling a couple of writers who wrote with her that said they weren't going to continue to write with her because of this thing that came out um, or something similar to that. I don't, you know, don't place anything on me because really the details of what I'm telling you is not what's important to me and why I wanted to talk about it. Yeah. Um, But something along those lines. And so then people were like, how dare these people, you know, do this to her and now in, in like sicking their followers on them and then it comes out that, you know, that they really, what they did, you know, possibly wasn't that bad. They were just, you know, uh, expressing their opinions. And and now people are sicking people on the person who sicked the people on the person who supposedly were sicking the people on the person who had Do the... Do you see why I quit Twitter? No. Well, yes. I mean, I, I, I do understand how that uh, applies. But my thing is here... Do you see why cancel cancel culture is so dangerous? Do you and see stupid? Do you see why it's a vicious cycle? Yeah. It's this thing that happens where when we determine we are the ones to judge somebody else for what they have done, it becomes a vicious cycle. And is there is there something to keeping people accountable for their actions in the past? Yes, but do you know who really should have input in that? The, the pe- people who are affected. The people who are affected and the people close to those people. Yes. Not random people who don't know them on a social media service. This is what I've been preaching forever. This yeah. is why I quit Twitter because uh, Jim Bob down in wherever- Whereverville can see something and he believes he has the authority to call to action for something that doesn't affect him at all, and what, but but what we don't realize then this is, and this is why this particular case is so valuable to think about to me. What we don't realize then is when we call Jim Bob out on calling somebody out, we are not helping. We're doing the exact same thing. Well, yeah, you that's know what? what it, that's you, what I'm saying. It's for me. It's the platform itself that lends itself to. I can have a voice, therefore. Mm-hmm. People deserve, or I deserve to have my voice heard. Right. Not everybody deserves to have their voice heard. Right. And not everybody uses it that way. And for yeah. the most part, I've been able, I feel like, to cultivate a, you know, a group of people who I follow on Twitter that I enjoy. Wait, and you made I, a cult? 
<laughs> yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I've got a nice cult nice. Uh, going on. On not a cult. Mm. Cult. A cult. You not cultivated. A cult. Okay. There's a difference. Uh, so <laughs> I I wanted to bring that up. I I'm glad it appears as if everybody's okay. Other than a lot of very hurt feelings and a lot of people who are having people attack them on social media because it becomes this vicious vicious circle yeah. and i again that's why i'm not giving you any details of any of the names yeah and the truth of the matter is uh that is why when i see something that i that somebody's done that i disapprove of or whatever i try to take those opportunities to step back and talk about concepts to talk about philosophies to talk about what makes something okay or not okay in my mind rather than saying this person did this thing. They're a bad person. I just, I don't see how that's helpful from random strangers. No, it's not. So, okay. No. Anyways, is that a little too soapboxy? I don't no, know, because just... I only had two Do We Cares, and that would actually <laughs> be a perfect, you know, filler for the third one. So, uh, yeah, I just, you know, it, what hurts my heart is that. That's a We Care Deeply right there. That's what that right. is. Right. And, and, and what hurts my heart is. I have seen it within the religious realm of things for so long. Um, the idea of legalism within the religious community is very big, and the idea of judging people for what they've done, um, which you know, is hilarious to me because, I mean, if you study the it's words the exact of, opposite of, of Jesus, that's not what he said. Uh, it's the exact opposite of what he said. And so now to see it in just culture in general, it's like, yeah, I've been here. I've lived through that. I know what this is. I know mm-hmm. what this. Can we quit judging each other? And um, I don't know. In in it's specks and planks, right? Like we should look inward, not outward, on a lot of this stuff. So, yeah. so anyhow, there's my little soapbox. It was heavy on my heart just because I just saw it over the last couple of days, and I figured I'd you know talk about it here. So thanks for listening. To Very nice. That. Uh, we're gonna do all the usual stuff as well. We've got some buried treasure coming and uh, best ever challenge. A good uh, one. A good best ever challenge, as well as a couple of reviews that we will get to. But let's kick it off with some Do We Care. Every single week, I scour the internet and find out what is going on in the entertainment world. I pick some topics for us to discuss, and we must decide, do we care or not? Number one, Colin Farrell and Brendan Gleeson are once again teaming up with In Bruges director Martin McDonough for Ooh. a new film called The Banshees. Of Inishir. Oh, so it's not in Bruges 2? No, it's not in Bruges. It's in Tuj. In Tuj. Yeah. Man, in Bruges is such a good movie. Yeah. 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 It's exactly the kind of movie I shouldn't like, but I love it. It's so weird. It's it's, it's meant to offend every single person out there. Therefore, it offends so no one. It's so well done. Yeah. I, yeah. It's just, it's, and they're so good together. So yeah. I'm excited to, to from, see this. From what I understand, this is actually a drama. Now, I don't know if. Martin McDonough's version of a drama is like Three Billboards version of a I drama. I mean, you could qualify in Bruges or Three Billboards as dramas as well, you know. Yeah. So they're funny. Yeah. <laughs> they're really true. funny. Uh, from what I understand, the premise of this is two friends, um, two lifelong friends, one of them abruptly ends the relationship and it, there's like severe consequences. Mm-hmm. So I am always excited for a Martin McDonough movie, period. But you add the fact that both of these guys getting back together for, you know, the trifecta of them makes In Bruges my favorite of all of McDonough's movies. I think it's the best out of all of them. It's actually the only one I like. Really? Yeah. Oh, that's right. You don't like Three Billboards. No, not a big fan. What about Seven Psychopaths? No. Oh, man, those movies are so good. Yeah. 
I guess I'm a very big uh, McDonough, pro- like a, a propri- not proprietor, a, a promoter. Proponent. Yeah. Yeah. I'm a big promoter of McDonough's work. Sure. I think he's great. Um, so yeah, I'm super excited for this. And uh, did, it, did, did it have a title? Yeah, uh, the Banshees of Inishir. The Banshees of what? Inishir. Inishir. I N I S H E E R. Assuming both these guys are Irish, uh, maybe it's uh, some like like Bruges. Yeah, like Bruges. Like yeah. maybe maybe he's doing another you know yeah. city in Ireland kind of thing. Well, in Bruges isn't in Ireland. It's in Belgium. Belgium. That's right. My dad. I don't know my European cities. My I dad apologize. went to Bruges, and he saw the swans. <laughs> Nice. Yeah. I went to the zoo and saw swans. Did you now? Yeah. Oh, that'd save you a big old trip from going all the way over to Belgium. I called it in Zouge. Ooh. <laughs> man, you are good with the puns today. Number two? Yeah. Eli Roth is directing a Borderlands film. Now, I you don't, don't play know video game. games. Yeah, I don't know it. Yeah. So, but I guarantee you that there's some people out there listening right now who are like, Eli Roth, Borderlands? Well, okay then. <laughs> Uh, Borderlands is a very fun game. It's very bombastic in the fact that it's, you know, like if Mad Max Fury Road was a comedy. The art style I've seen looked like like Mad Max to me. Like there were goggles, I think, on the guy on the cover. Yeah. Yeah. Um, It's super funny uh, game series. Uh, Super ridiculous and all that. So I think Eli Roth lends itself to that, you know, aspect of the craziness of it. Um, I'm I'm excited for it. Uh, I hope it's funny. I hope that there's, you know, it's tried and true, like they go do the Handsome Jack storyline and all that goodness. Uh, there, did you ever play any of the Telltale games? Like a uh, Telltale? Yeah, Telltale, the choose your own adventure games. Like a there was a Walking Dead Telltale game. There was a. Uh, a Batman Telltale game, Mm-mm, no Guardians of the Galaxy. No, I actually think you would really like those because it's like watching a movie, except every now and then. Think of it like a Bandersnatch, except a video game, more okay. video game. Sure, yeah. yeah. No, that makes sense. Yeah, um, but there was a Borderlands one called The Handsome Jack uh, Tales, and uh, super duper funny. I I'm really excited for this because so, I think that Hollywood's on a roll right now of doing, you know decent to good video game movies so eli roth yeah is directing yep so the the man who brought us the hostels the, the hostels and, and the green, uh, the inferno. green inferno yeah and, and also the house with a clock in its walls yeah oh and he also Somehow. he also smashed a nazi's head in with a baseball bat and glorious oh, bastards yes yeah. yes but he did not direct that no he no he was just the bear jew uh okay okay all right as with uh, all things coming up Put it Wait in front of me. Yeah, put it in front of me. Yeah. I'll let you know what I think. I'm curious about, because the art style, like we were talking about, is so distinctive, not like the costume design, but the actual art style, that cell shading, if that's going to have any role in like the actual design of the movie, or if it's just going to be like a kind of live action. Hmm. I'm good with either way. Cause, uh, yeah, I don't, you know, it just depends on... On uh, on what they want to do. Yep. Uh, I did also see... You said that you only had two? Yeah. I did also see that they also just announced a new Star Wars uh, director. Ooh. I missed um, this one. And I'll have to look it up Reddit, to tell you... Reddit, you failed me. <laughs> I'll have to look it up um, to, to see the guy's name. Uh, but I remember thinking, oh, this is a good idea. I know it's a person of color, which I thought was great uh, for the diversity aspect of the whole thing. But I can't remember... Uh, J.D. Dillard, maybe? 
J.D. Dillard. So, so yeah. I'm looking it up. So it was one of those names where I was like, I've never really heard of that that person. Um, so it's kind of one of those interesting things where Disney's like, hey, we've seen enough, even in these movies that ne- didn't necessarily get seen by a lot of people, yep. that we want this person uh, to do it. So Justin Dillard uh, is, I think, his uh, full name. So, uh, so he yeah. did a movie in 2016 called Slight. Mm-hmm. I can't. I don't remember that one. Yeah, I don't either. So, anyways, I mean, maybe that's why, you know, it's not something we necessarily could talk about on Do We Care, because we don't really know. You don't well, know. Apparently, he's worked on both The Force Awakens and Rise of Skywalker. So, he's got a little bit of background. Yeah. Um, kind of what's going not on. Not sure what he did for them. So. We're going to find out, though, because that's what, oh, production and technical support. Very nice. Works for bad robots. So, Very or nice. did. There's Sweet something. Sauce. There's something. Can you imagine your your first movie of any kind of you know grandness you know, is is a Star Wars movie? Like that's pretty yeah. cool. Well, who was it who went from? Uh, uh, it was a uh, Colin Trevorrow, wasn't it? Who or Trevorrow who went from doing um, uh, uh, safety not guaranteed mm-hmm. to Jurassic World? That's a great example. Yeah. yeah, yeah, I think you're right. And then also, um, oh, man, I forget his name, and I'm going to apologize for this, but he did Moon. He's David Bowie's kid. Um, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. He went from doing Moon to Warcraft. Now it's. You know, it's not like a very acclaimed movie, but it's a huge property. You yeah, know? Duncan Jones. Duncan Jones, thank you much. Yeah. Yeah. So it's it's kind of where we're at with technology being able to discover, you know, people and everybody being able to make a movie. Yeah. And it doesn't take a lot to have the equipment to be able to do something and just, you know, getting thrust into the spotlight like that. So it's it'll be so interesting cool. to see. Yeah. Yeah. I love it. Too bad that they all couldn't pull just a, uh, you know, just do something like their first movie is Whiplash or something, where it's just like <laughs> the greatest movie of all time. Yeah, that's how I'm going to start my career. What of it, you know? Yeah. yeah. Props to Damien Chazelle. What is his next movie? Have we already uh, He is out? working on something right now um, that is, oh, what's, it's about, it's about the, kind of the same thing Singing in the Rain is about, where the idea of movies are going from silent films to talk and kind of the uh, problems that happen along with that and how all of a sudden actors... Like the artist? It, yeah, like, no, because the artist was... Well, I mean, from, kind of. Yeah, yeah, yeah I guess silent kind of. film to talk. But the idea of, you know... Musicals. Actors who were the best at their craft all of a sudden mm. are horrible at their craft because it's so different. Mm. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. It'll be interesting to see. I know yeah. there's some cast attached, uh, but I can't remember exactly who. Well, cool. But yeah. Ooh, Aaron. Yes. That's going to wrap it up for Do We Care. <laughs> Very nice. Yeah. Let's get into our reviews. We'll kick it off. Uh, we will kick it off with the one about the dog. Okay. The Call, Call of the Wild. Of the Wild. <laughs> yeah, yeah, let's that do one. that one. Yeah. It's just a little book that few people have heard of. The Yukon is a dangerous place. You never know what's coming. I came up here because I... Didn't want to be around anyone. And then I met Buck. He was a dog like no other. He'd been spoiled. Out! Come on, Buck! And he'd suffered. Come on! But he could not be broken. 
Buck is a big-hearted dog whose blissful domestic life gets turned upside down. And now he's the Prince of Bel-Air. When he is suddenly uprooted from his California home and transplanted to Bel-Air, the yeah. exotic wilds of the Alaskan Yukon in the 1890s. As the newest rookie on a male delivery dog sled team, Bucky experiences the adventure of a lifetime as he ultimately finds his true place in the world uh first things first this is based on the jack london novel uh the call of the wild did you read the book no i didn't either it wasn't never assigned to me so i never read it yeah um so i came into i knew of his existence and i kind of knew what it was about did you know the story a little bit very roughly i don't even think i knew anything about the story other than there was a dog in it that's all i knew i remember whenever i was younger um the animated movie Balto came out mm. and I was like, Ooh, Balto. And my mom was like, well, if you like this, you should read Call of the Wild. And I'm like, okay, but I never did. <laughs> <laughs> but I remember that conversation. And that's, and that's what's important. Yeah. Uh, what do you think? Did you like it? Love it? Dislike it? Hate it? Or it was just okay? I liked it. All right. I liked it. I like, you sound almost apologetic about that. No, I mean, I, I was, like I said, I'm just coming from the theater. Uh-huh. So I'm still digesting. I, I liked it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I did too, but I, I almost wanted to say on the high side of okay, yeah. Uh, but I think I'm going to go with liked it. I yeah. think this is a very likable uh, family movie. You know, yes. it's very clearly made for all ages. Yeah, um, which is interesting because apparently the book is a little more violent and a little more, you know, kind of raw. Well, Jack London wasn't one for holding back. You know, he right. made all of those crazy things. And you can kind of feel it in some, and it is almost a negative in some place where it's like you can feel it holding back on the reality yeah. of the situation uh, in favor of some other things. Any of the animal abuse that might happen in this is very short and, you know, very not graphic. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, it, it kind of, it pulls its punches a little bit. Um but I think that's for a purpose, right? Like it's yeah. it want that's not the movie it they wanted want to be. They want that PG rating. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So let's talk a little bit about why we liked it. Then I was surprised. I don't know if it's uh, the 2019 was such a rough start of the year, but 2020, every movie I come out of, I'm like, huh, I was surprised that was a lot of fun, or I was surprised I enjoyed that. Yeah. Like it's like movies are just kind of good again yeah well they're, <laughs> they're not, not 2018 great. good no they're not great yeah but they're good you know yeah and that's something yeah i mean we're going in the right direction let's just <laughs> right. let's just forget the first half of 2019 yeah. ever existed yeah but um things i liked about the movie uh i was surprised that the other than rhythm section i should say rhythm section was really bad but continue oh man <laughs> it's one of the worst movies ever I was actually mad that I missed the uh, the podcast for Rhythm Section because I wanted to trash on that movie so much. <laughs> but uh, no, we're talking about Call of the Wild right now. Things I like, I was surprised that the CGI of the animals wasn't as distracting as I thought it was. No, it was, it was pretty okay. Yeah, and that's a weird pro to start with, but yeah. you know, I guess good CGI needs props. And I think that there are moments in this movie where I kind of forgot but then there's also moments where I'm like, oh, yeah, that's that's a animated dog, you know? Uh, my my wife asked me afterwards, maybe not this exact question, but we had a conversation based on this idea. The idea of why does this work and you feel emotion, you know, from this animal and, and this dog where Lion King doesn't, right? Yeah. And I my answer was, and I think this is probably has something to do with it, is we're going from the Lion King, we're going from animation that is 
you know, great at that. You can do yeah. all sorts of emotion and then you're dumbing it down. Whereas here you're going from the idea of a real dog and extending it out. Also, you know? possibly the fact that in the in Lion King, they talk, whereas this is... I, we mentioned that as oh, well. Oh, did you? Okay, yeah, yeah. 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 Yeah, this, these aren't talking animals. Exactly. Right? And that does change things. But I will say that something I think that this would have benefited from that Lion King should have taken, these movies should have swapped these elements. The fact that there are real human emotions coming across on these dogs' faces mm -hmm. that are totally uncharacteristic of the animals themselves. So if that element could have been switched to Lion King... Since it's, you know, kind of altering reality and these animals can talk and stuff. And if you were to take that r insanely realistic uh, CGI style from Lion King and put that in this movie, I don't know. What do you think? Do you think it would have worked better? I understand what you're saying. There were a couple times in Call of the Wild where the extreme emoting of the animals yeah. was not real. Yeah. <laughs> like it looked like no dogs dogs don't, you know, yeah. grin like that or dogs don't make that face, you know. Yeah. Uh so that that stuff was definitely in there. But overall, I felt like it worked. Like it was something that wasn't too distracting to me other than those few moments. Yeah. Um, and it allowed them to do whatever they wanted with the with the character. Yeah. So, which you have to do when this whole movie is about a dog. Sure. And it's not a talking dog. Yeah. I mean, it's I don't know. That's actually a pretty high level of difficulty. So you know, props for for getting it right. Yeah. Um. I was curious. Like when I first saw the trailer for this movie a while back, I was like, oh, I wonder how this movie's going to work with them not actually using a real dog. You know. Yeah. Um. After seeing it, I understand why, because the level of difficulty to have a, the dog do certain things that this animated dog does in this oh, movie. Oh, yeah. Like, yeah, they, there's no way they could have trained a dog to do that. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, it's I, I totally get it as well. Yeah. Um, uh, what about performances? I mean, I think the two big performances in this are... Uh, <coughs> sorry. I got Dan Stevens and Harrison Ford? Thank you. I had a burp coming up. <laughs> yeah, Dan Stevens and Harrison Ford. Uh, what do you think? Uh, I thought Dan Stevens was way over the top. Yeah. Um, I feel like he thought he was in a little bit of a different movie than everybody else was. Yeah. Am I wrong about that? Or no, did he, just he was feel like, I am so evil. Yeah. Yeah. My 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 wife turned to me and said, "Is he trying to be Doctor Robotnik from Sonic?" Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, he kind of had the mustache for it, right? Exactly. Yeah. Uh, but Harrison Ford is great. Yeah, he's so warm in this movie, and just I I don't know, like whatever he's doing is just working for me with this character. Like I feel yeah. like he's he really ages into that character very well, and yeah. it just felt right. It felt real. Yeah, because. I think this is a side of Harrison Ford that we haven't seen, really. At because, least not in a while. Yeah, yeah. You know, just a calm, like, hi, how are you? Yeah, you know, there's just, a warmth to it that yeah. I wasn't ready for. And then just you just want to hang out with him and, like, not even talk, just, like, sit by a fire and just, like, mm -hmm. hey, it's a good time. Let's hang out with Harrison Ford. Yeah. Um, some cameos that kind of blew my mind. Like, okay, Karen you call, them, you call them cameos, but I feel like, why is that big person in this movie you know? right yeah um two i mean i'm really just primarily thinking two bradley whitford at the beginning yeah and then karen gillen has for two like lines one scene yeah she has two As, lines i was yeah it makes me curious to think did they have you know scenes that were cut like they I originally wonder. were a bigger part 
Kind of like how it, what was the movie that had uh, Chris Pratt and Jennifer Lawrence in it? Was it Transcendence or something like that? Passengers. Passengers. How at the end of that movie, do you remember who the cameo was? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Andy Garcia. Yeah, Andy Garcia. Yeah. You're like, why he's in for literally three seconds he opened opens the door and goes oh trees and then that's it so, yeah it does make you wonder yeah kind of how that kind of thing happens um but yeah so part was, of me part of me was going okay is call of the wild such a big property that i'm just not aware that all of these people are like i just want to be in this movie you know I, that's what uh, i was maybe. going through my mind i was like have i been missing out you know maybe um, I enjoyed a lot of this movie. Uh, some of the male stuff was some of my favorite stuff. Mm. Um, you know, the, the I, there was just a joy to that sec- segment of the movie yeah. of, you know, Buck learning what it meant to be part of a pack, you know, yeah. um, the, the stuff of, uh, you know, becoming alpha. I thought was really interesting and well done. I loved those human characters uh, that were on that journey with them. Yeah. um, Uh, Omar Sy Sy is the guy's name. And I really should know the other person. Kara Gee? Yeah. She's in The Expanse. She's super good. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, Yeah. There's a lot of emotional moments in this movie, not from Buck's uh, mind, but also like from the human, especially Harrison Ford. Mm-hmm. I was not surprised, or I was not expecting this movie to take me on such an emotional journey from so many different story arcs. Because yeah. we got to be honest, this there's like so many different stories going on in this movie. It's just like Buck traveling from story to story to story. Yeah. yeah. Until the end, because the Buck stops there. Hey, uh, man, uh, you are on <laughs> fire today. Uh, I I really did. I was surprised how much I enjoyed it. There, it's also gorgeous, you know. So if nothing else, it's beautiful to look at. Actually, that's going to lead me into a con. Oh, actually. do it. Yeah, go for it. From somebody who's been to Alaska and seen its true beauty, the fact that ninety percent of this movie is CGI, I'm like, why would you skip the opportunity to oh, show its real beauty? You know, you're faking. You can never it. capture it though. Even if you even if you went and shot it the real thing you think so i know i mean i know so I'm, I'm thinking of the places like that that i've been like yeah. um uh diamond head and on hawaii oh yeah like when we were there it was like this is incredible and i've looked at pictures of it since and yeah that's a picture of diamond head but it doesn't like the 3d space of it and just being there yeah uh i think it's it's hard to replicate that even even if you're taking photos or video of the actual thing mm. um but you're not wrong about you know why yeah. use the cg well, you, you mentioned Diamond Head, but then we're also, there's so many classic scenes, speaking of Hawaii, the helicopter flying into Isla Nubar, an island in Hawaii, mm-hmm. is where they shot that in Jurassic Park, you yep. know, like, it's such an iconic scene because that's really it, you know, that's yeah. not CGI, they shot that island as they were flying in, and it just makes you think, like, man, that's a missed opportunity to show something yeah. like that. Yeah, we did, we visited the, um, a lot of the Jurassic Park filming uh, sites and the lost filming oh, uh, sites and I, that, stuff that too. So cool. It was really cool. We're we're actually our 25th anniversary is coming up this year. And congratulations. We are we're going back. Um, are you? But we're going to a different island, Isla Sorna. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, Nublar. Site B. Uh, yeah. So um, the f- we went to wherever Honolulu is. I I forget what the names of the islands are, but you know, kind of the main touristy island. Yeah. And that's where they shot. There's a can't like a valley in there where they shot like the running of the you know the dinosaurs and those kind of things 
uh, and it's gorgeous there. Where we're going this time is where they shot the entrance, where the helicopter came. You can in actually and... do the helicopter. Did you know that? You well, can, I, you can. I do now, and I'm going to have to see how expensive that is because that sounds amazing. Yeah, you can actually go through the exact same uh, helicopter tour of that, like flying into the island and stuff. All right, you do the rest of the show. I'm going to research. Yeah, uh, sure, man. Her helicopter tours. Yeah, I saw it on Travel <laughs> Channel. They were doing that. I know we're supposed to be talking about Call of the Wild right now. We're well, s- hey, the, the Call of the Wild. You got you called know? to the I got, wild. I got you just, called to the wild. Just a warmer wild. <laughs> <laughs> it's just a way warmer prehistoric wild were there any other cons that you can think of uh just the fact that i think that maybe there's one too many story arcs because like we were introduced to characters and then their their story ended before i felt satisfied with you know how it was going i guess mainly uh bradley whitford you know we barely spent any time with him yeah, i don't and there was there was there was part of me that was i mean i get what the book was doing yeah i, I think what i realized was oh we're we're making a book here yeah. not a movie because a movie does a completely different thing a movie i think bookends itself and we get some closure yeah. for some things that the book doesn't give closure for and as a moviegoer i'm used to that yeah and i kind of want that internally and so there is part of me that was going, but but what about but what about Bradley Whitford? Yeah. He's gonna be so sad. But and they never show us he's okay. Yeah, I, I'm waiting for Shadow to walk over right, the hill and right, homeward bound. Right now, I don't know if you do this or not, but whenever I see a, a big name actor like Bradley Whitford or Dan Stevens or anything like mm-hmm. that, uh, especially Bradley Whitford or Karen Gillan, that's a better example. I see them on scene. I'm like, okay, so they're gonna be a main part of this movie, right? And then they end, and I'm like, well, not that I felt that it was wasted, but I felt like I was preparing myself to be invested and i'm i'm not going i'm gonna try not to be too spoilery although we're dealing with a book that many people have read and and maybe you know the story and maybe that's why this was a negative for me maybe it's fleshed out in the book yeah but i do feel like not just that she wasn't in the movie a lot but that there are some unanswered questions that i feel like are important yeah very important and i have no idea what happened and that seems like information uh, the the movie would want to give to me. Because, I wanted it <laughs> because there's there's this there's again trying not to spoiler uh, do any spoilers, but I mean it's kind of a like life or death kind of thing. Like yeah, is is everybody okay? <laughs> you know, so it's it's one of those things where I just, I couldn't believe we 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 never found out. Yeah, you know, especially because we're dealing with a character who would know. Yeah, for the rest of the movie, we're dealing with him every once in a while, and it's like. He never says anything about it. Yeah. There's also uh, some animal characters that we're introduced to, and then, like, they just kind of walk off, and I'm like, well, yeah. what, 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 where's <laughs> the conclusion on that? Don't yeah. tell me them walking off was it, you know? You, it, you can very much feel book-to-movie syndrome, you yeah. know, where it's just there's not well, we gotta, enough time. We gotta get this in yeah. there, we gotta get this. There's not enough time to, to give resolution to everything, so... No. Yeah, I definitely felt that. I don't know about the rewatchability of this movie. I enjoyed it while I yeah. watched it, but I don't really see myself going, oh, you know what? I'd like to pop in The Call of the Wild. Yeah, no, I'm with you. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, maybe... I'm glad uh, I if, experienced it when I did, I and think, that's it. I think maybe if you're a kid and you you know love dogs and you want to spend more time with Buck and, you know, see that again, maybe, yeah. you know. I will say, as a dog owner, this movie did make me want to just give my little guy a big old hug. Oh, Yeah. Yeah. So... Yeah, I hear that. Yep. Uh, overall, another surprising 2020 release where it's yeah. like, not bad, guys. Not bad. Movies yeah. can be good. Yeah, Movies they can. can be good. Um, 
Do you have anything else? No post-credit scene. No post-credit scene. <laughs> uh, so let's move on to <laughs> the post-credit scene. Is Karen Gillan just walking? Don't forget me, guys. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, she got me again. Uh, let's move on to Fantasy Island. The plane. It's here. This weekend, you will be our guests. Here, anything and everything is possible. No service. Not everything is possible. Good evening. I'm Mr. Rurik. Let me officially welcome you to Fantasy Island. The enigmatic Mr. Rorick makes the secret dreams of his lucky guests come true at a luxurious but remote tropical resort. But when the fantasies turn into nightmares, the guests have to solve the island's mystery in order to escape with their lives. Uh, as mentioned, Andrew did not get a chance to see this, so he will no. play the role of the questioner. Uh, for this review and um, I will just say uh, that for about 90% of this movie yeah. I was like another pleasant surprise this is fun I like this I'm enjoying this and then the movie makes a choice with like 10 minutes to go that ruins the entire movie Really, it just comes crashing down based on Gotta throw in that one more plot twist, Andrew. Oh, no. Um, I was so angry because I was having a good time. I enjoyed some of the kind of philosophical things that were going on, the thematic things that were going on. The performances weren't horrible. Um, some of them were actually decent. Pena. Um, he's fine. He's not asked to do a lot in this. He's a very much, you know, Mr. Rourke is very steady, right? Yeah. That's a very steady character. <laughs> is um, he though? <laughs> <laughs> good question. Yeah. Uh, the way this ties into the TV show, which I'm not a fan of and haven't really watched, but I know enough about it yeah. to un understand what's going on. Um, I thought was really interesting and fascinating and kind of a cool backstory and, you know, for this Island and what it was. Uh, and man, did they mess it up at the end. And I was so mad, uh, that they did that. Um, so that's my, that th I have to say it like that because it's going to be weird talking in detail about this movie and reviewing it more in detail because it'll sound like a lot of the things I say that I really enjoyed this movie, but on the like it, love it, dislike it, hate it, or is just okay. I hate this movie. Oh, that's a shame. I, but, but it's a weird hate where you almost want everybody to go watch it. So you can talk about it yeah. with them and see if they had the same reaction. And maybe I'm missing something. Maybe there's hope and I can actually like this movie. Well, according to IMDb, you're right. And the, <laughs> the rating on there. So my question is, just yeah, for, clarif away. for clarification, you liked the movie up until the last 10 minutes or you thought that there was potential for them to end it well and then the movie would have been good? Okay, so I... I liked to really liked um, the movie for most of it. Okay. Um, part of that was in anticipation of how are they going to close this up? How's it all going to work? How's it all going to connect? And knowing that if they could pull it off, I was really going to like this movie. Yeah. And then they not only didn't pull it off, they ruined it. So did it like retcon stuff that came prior or just like, what do you mean by retcon? Like to where everything that came before is pointless, like all of the, uh, emotional let's, stuff that we yes. went through let's like let's just say the final twist in this movie ruins several scenes of the movie that now make no sense okay yeah that's what like, i mean like a character now 
knowing their motivations based on the twist yeah. now make no sense based on how they acted the rest of the movie and in turn completely changes my ability to see the plot clearly and understand uh what the movie is trying to do okay um so yes so let me talk about some of the things uh that i really did enjoy number one again it's beautiful and this is well, a fantasy island well, fantasy island by the way shot on the island we're going to for our 25th uh anniversary as well so Man. maybe i'll get the combo fantasy island jurassic park there helicopter you go. Uh, tour not many nice things happen on this island Aaron, are you sure you guys want to go <laughs> uh yeah yeah very sure okay um so so it is gorgeous uh i love that I, I enjoyed uh, some of the performances. Uh, specifically, I thought Portia Doubleday um, was surprisingly good. I enjoyed Ryan Hansen and Jimmy O. Yang together. Uh, I thought they made a really interesting pair and was fun. I like Jimmy O. Yang. Um, Michael Rooker shows up. Yeah, I saw that. Um, and I was like, oh, Rooker, what are you doing? <laughs> so, so yeah, there's, there's plenty of this that... Uh, you know, is that I enjoyed. I also enjoyed some of the concepts and the way that it was playing with the idea of this island and what it does and how it does it. And um, there's there's a real potential here. You know what I think part of it is? I think part of is it that uh, Blumhouse uh, or whoever you know made these decisions wanted it to skew dark wanted it to skew horror um which is fine you know like there are plenty of i actually kind of dig pg-13 horror i'm finding out that's kind of one of my favorite things mm. uh when i say that i mean things like happy death day you know kind of just like there's a fun non uh, graphic element to it that i enjoy or if there is it's so ridiculous it's not realistic right yeah um and this was kind of trending that direction and i enjoyed it but there was a possibility, a potential for this to be the final twist to be the idea that the uh, island wasn't malevolent. It was actually benevolent, but you just didn't see the picture clearly until the end. Yeah. That's the ending that I thought we were headed towards that could have been really powerful and really interesting. And the idea that sometimes the things in your life that seem like they're tragedy, that seem like they're awful, find redemptions, you know, down the road, find a way to be better. And that the Island is teaching these lessons in this way to people. And it feels to me like this script was originally meant to do that. I don't know if I haven't researched this. I don't know if this is true at all, but it feels like somebody got their hands on this original script and like, no, let's make it dark. Let's change. Yeah. Let's throw in this twist at the end that makes it a little darker, makes it, you know, uh, that the island is evil or, yeah. you know, whatever the case may be. Well, I don't know if what you're saying is like the premise of this movie has always been it's a horror adaptation of the 70s show. I know. Okay. So is that what you're talking about? Like, or are you talking about like yeah, another I'm twist in general? Well, I, I am talking about another twist in general. Okay. But I'm not talking about. I'm not talking about that as a twist. Okay. No, I know that that's been the premise. What I'm saying is I think that maybe that's what that premise, that idea is this is what we want to deliver, a horror adaptation of Fantasy Island yeah. is what twisted this movie to ruin itself. Yeah. Uh, and I wonder if the original screenwriter actually wrote a more straightforward you know, interesting movie, which by the way still could have had horror elements. You didn't have to you know, drop the horror elements to 
have the you know the final twist be yeah. that the island is actually good it still could feel like a horror movie in a lot of ways yeah um i don't know if it was like bright burn we're like hey let's take something old and try and make it horror you know like superman it's a horror yeah. movie or fantasy island it's a horror movie you know yeah i i don't know i i was uh i was on board with what was going on for so long uh and then man the movie just goes off the rails that's a shame. um with a final uh final uh twist uh i didn't mention maggie q uh yet by the way she's really good i she like may, maggie q she, she uh you do or don't i do yeah she may be the the best performance in the movie in my opinion i think she really sells it in fact i was uh i was bought in to what was going on here because of how good her performance is uh in this so yeah, it's a really frustrating one. Do you have any other, you know, questions, things you want to know? Because I, I really want to do a Sif spoil on this, but I you, don't... you go right ahead, man. I don't mind you spoiling this movie. Okay, before. so we'll go ahead and uh, throw a Sif spoil in the feed on this as well, so I can talk a little bit more in detail. Uh. Um, but any other questions, just in general, that you would want to know? Uh, no, is, is, it's is, funny. It's funny. Yeah, there's okay. humor. That yeah. I did not expect you to say. I was expecting it to be like a PG-13 Eli Roth movie. Oh, no, not at all. Okay. Not at From all. From the way you were talking about it, it was like, oh, it's hostile except it's on Fantasy Island. Oh, no, 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 no. No, not at all. Um, it's In fact, it's really funny. It's one of my favorite things uh, about it was that, I mean, if you buy into these characters, it's funny. Otherwise, maybe it feels forced uh, okay. to you. Um, so... So yeah, it's it's and I wonder because yeah, I'm looking at it now. Ten percent on Rotten Tomatoes, twenty percent on Metacritic, four point seven on IMDb. Uh, You're not alone. I'm not alone, but I wonder if people hated this movie all the way through. Unlike me, who Just the if end. it had ended differently, maybe I would have actually enjoyed it. I wonder, you know, because you can't. It's hard to know that just by looking at numbers. But I'm curious how many people had the same experience I did, or if most people are like, "Man, this movie is trash right from the beginning," mm. which is possible. There have been plenty of movies that people you know, think are trash that I enjoyed, so it, oh, yeah. it, wouldn't, it wouldn't be the first time. Yeah, but um, but I'm curious. Sorry, I can't back up your claims. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was so bummed when you're like, "Oh, I couldn't get to Fantasy Island." I'm like, "No, I want to talk about." Well, this. I figured if I had to see one of the movies, Call of the Wild would be the one that yeah, we really probably. should talk about. Um, uh, Austin Stowell is also uh, a great performance in this. He does a, does a good job, and his storyline is very meaningful and interesting. Um, so, yeah, yeah, what a bummer! Mm. What that, a bummer! It sounds like a shame, but yes. hey, you saw one good movie this week. <laughs> I saw one one point eight good movies. Yeah, with that, that point two. One point eight, but that point two just man, brought a, it's brought a rough right point two. <laughs> it is a rough point two. Uh, so yeah, I don't have much else to say except for it's a weird movie that I hated that I'm recommending you see. <laughs> All right then. It's just kind of that thing where it's like, I don't know, I think uh, it's a fun one to talk about and I'm just, I'm bummed. I'm mm-hmm. just bummed. Misery loves company, so go see it. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, you ready to move on to the best ever challenge? Yeah, buddy. Uh, before we do, uh, just a pause to say thank you so much to our Sif Pop members. You make this possible. We appreciate you so much. Um, as mentioned, we did a, a members-only pre-show. Uh, we try to do that every week where we record content that just goes out to members in your own podcast feed uh, that you get. Plus, there's other fun stuff, fun perks there as well. You can check it all out at Patreon. It's patreon.com slash siftpop. Patreon.com slash siftpop. 
uh, if you want to check it out. Sports starts at three bucks a month, and that all goes to help us do what we do, cover the cost of movies, cover the cost of equipment, uh, cover the cost of the website, all that kind of fun stuff. So thank you for that. Again, that's at patreon.com slash sifpop. All right, let's move on to the best ever challenge. Uh, this is a fun one. Yeah. Best ever movies based on a book that is more than 50 years old. I went way older than that. Did you? <laughs> well, one just of to be mine safe. is way older than that. Just yes. to be safe. Um, most of mine, I think, are older than that. A lot of mine come from the 1800s. Um, yeah. So, yeah, it'll be interesting. I have uh, my five, and then I have several honorable mentions uh, that we should probably oh, throw man. out there. I thought I had five, but I only have four. Mm. Do you need time to to pick up uh, one more? No, I'll just steal one of yours. I'll be like, oh, <laughs> me too. <laughs> Fair enough. Yeah. Fair enough. Uh, well, I'll kick us off then since I have uh, five. Okay. Uh, my number five is Easy A. Oh, me too. <laughs> <laughs> Based on the, uh, the Scarlet, Scarlet Letter. Letter. Yeah. yeah. Um, man, what a little treasure of a movie this is. It really is a surprisingly good movie. And I think it's the fact that Emma Stone's parents are so lovable yeah. in that movie. Yeah, for yeah. sure. Yeah, um, it's uh, it's uh, Stanley Tucci, right? Yeah, and uh, is it not Laura Dern? It's a... Uh, no, 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 I'm trying to think. Uh, 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 is it Patricia Clarkson? I'll give me two seconds. I think it's Patricia Clarkson. And Stanley Tucci play the parents, and uh, Emma Stone... Uh, she's just so great in this. Mm-hmm. The the movie itself is so um it's more nuanced than you would think while still yeah. being hilarious and it actually addresses the the topics and the meaning and all that stuff uh you know the idea of you know judging people and you know putting a mark on someone. So yeah, no, it's good yeah. stuff. Amanda Bynes is a great mean girl. Mhm. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Uh, so that's my number five. Oh, mine too. And your number five as well. I guess yeah, we go on to my number four. Shocking. Yeah. Your number four. <laughs> my number four is the oldest uh, book uh, that on my oh, okay. list, uh, and that's Passion of the Christ is in at number uh, four. Mine might be older than that. I don't know. <laughs> uh, so I've talked about this movie many times. Uh, I think it is what makes it incredible to me is how intently Mel Gibson wanted this to feel like somebody had actually put cameras, um, you know, back in that time and what it would sound like, what it would look like going from the original languages, all those kind of things. Uh, and it's just, it's fascinating on that level. And then of course is meaningful to me on the level of what I believe in my faith. And so, yeah, that one's hard to beat for me. Yeah. Congrats to everybody for learning Aramaic. Right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, for sure. Uh, what's your number four? I'm going to go with, I don't know if this is older or not. Oh, brother, where art thou? Um, that's a good question. I'm not sure if it I is. I don't know if the it's Iliad... my number three. So, oh, okay. Yeah. So, yeah. Iliad and the Homer, or the Homer. The Homer? Yeah, the Iliad by Homer. There we go. Um, yeah. Oh, I love this so much. Or is it is it the Iliad or is it the Odyssey that it's based on? I think it's the Odyssey, isn't it? I think. They were both written in the 8th century BC. So yeah, this was before the Bible was written for yeah. sure. So there we go. Um, man, I love this movie so much. Yeah. George Clooney, uh, John Turturro, and uh, help me out with the third guy. Oh, uh, John Goodman? No, no, no. Of the, you know, the chain gang. Oh, oh. um, Tim Blake Nelson. Yes, Tim Blake Nelson. Those guys are perfect together. 
Um, I don't know. I was about to ask, is this going to be your favorite Coen Brothers movie? But uh, I have a feeling I know what your favorite Coen Brothers movie is. What is my favorite Coen Brothers movie? Uh, Is it going to be... It's the one that has... uh, not Tim Allen, but uh, Tim Robbins. Why, why am I Tim Robbins? Why am I so bad with names today? I'm always bad I'm, with names. It's because I'm so, exhausted. Is yeah, what it is. Yeah. Um, Hudsucker Prodigy. Hudsucker Prodigy. Yeah. Yeah, that's probably right. Yeah. Um, I think mine's No Country for Old Men. But no, this is definitely older than fifty. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, a little bit. Yeah, just by a couple thousand. Yeah. It's about, yeah about three thousand years old. Yeah. That's, that's, that's no problem. But man, the modern quote unquote modernization of it. You know, to be told during the Great Depression and to have, like, John Goodman and uh, Holly Hunter. Just, uh, it's such a fun story. To throw in actual, you know, characters from history like uh, George Babyface Nelson, you know, in Mm. there. It's really fun, and it's funny and heartwarming. And honestly, I would not have picked up on the fact that it's the Odyssey unless somebody told me. Right. Yeah. Yeah, I wouldn't have either. Yep. So that's mine. And a great soundtrack. What's your that's my number three. So what's your number three? The Lion King. That's my number two. Oh man. We're just going straight up the list. <laughs> yeah. Uh the Lion King. Uh Hamlet. Yes. William Shakespeare. Good, good job, old Billy. Good job, good job, Bill. You you <laughs> gave us something good. Oh man, the Lion King is so good. Mm-hmm. I'm talking ninety four, ninety three, whatever year that one yes. came out. Not, not the new one? one. Not the new one. But no. the new one's so much better than yeah, the old or one. the or, or the um the Broadway version. Or the play, yeah. Yeah, yeah exactly. No, I'm going to go with the animated. It's just, I that might be my favorite animated, not 3D movie of all time. My favorite sure. actual hand-drawn animated movie hand-drawn of all time. Hand-drawn movie, yeah. Mine's probably Iron Giant, but, but mm. yeah. Yeah, that's Lion, a good Lion King is up there. Uh, is it funny to you that uh, Hamlet, which was written as a play, yeah. was then made the movie The Lion King, and then The Lion King turn it back into a play yeah exactly <laughs> it's like who would have known that story would work on stage i know it's crazy <laughs> oh man it's like shakespeare was good or something uh so that's my number two so what's your number two there will be blood what was that based on oil by upton sinclair i had oh. to scream it because there's sure, an exclamation, there's an exclamation i figured there was yeah upton sinclair's oral oh written in the 40s i did, I did not even know that one mm, yeah uh man, I will. I think I've said this before on the podcast. I'm sure I have. Daniel Day Lewis's performance in this movie is what I consider the greatest performance by any actor ever. Yeah, I mean, it's perfect in every sense of the word. Very nice. Uh, and um, we both have the same number one. But, I'm sure we do, but I'm yeah. just looking at this. Says it was based on uh, Upton Sinclair's book, oh, The I Jungle. Don't... Oh. That's interesting. Hmm. I'll have to look at it. maybe maybe it kind of took bits and pieces yeah. from the different ones, but um, that'd be interesting to study. I'm I'm curious how you know I'm an oil man. How it took uh it took from those books. This is my son and partner H. So yes, Lord of the Rings is our yeah. community number one. Yeah, uh, makes a lot of sense. Yeah, and obviously we're just throwing them all into one. You know, I mean they are. Yeah, they're one movie. Do you have a I'm sure I've asked you this, but I have, you know, uh, the memory of a goldfish. Which is your favorite of the three movies, if you can? 
I I generally avoid that question because mm. there's so much I love in all three of those movies. Um, well, the correct answer is Two Towers. Yeah, but, okay. that's what I was going to say. Okay. The, I mean, the the answer you give is the Two Towers, but the Two Towers doesn't work without Fellowship of the Ring. No, you don't feel the same things you feel in Two Towers unless you've already experienced Fellowship of the Ring. Like no. it's, you know, I so that's why it's so hard. It, to yeah, answer, it is but, just one continuous story. Yeah, yeah. So, but yeah, yeah it's the easy answer. I thought about throwing out. Um, I don't know when uh, George Lucas wrote the first Star Wars book, but I didn't know if that'd be cheating. You know? He he wrote a Star Wars book. Oh yeah, there's a bunch of Star before Wars. the movie. I think so. Interesting. Yeah, you're full of all sorts of knowledge. I didn't know. Well, I could be wrong, so don't hold that with me. <laughs> all right, fair <laughs> enough. Uh, well, I'm assuming you don't have any honorable mentions since you only had the four on your list. No. Uh, here's some others I'll throw out. Okay. Um, Little Women. <gasps> me too. <laughs> Uh, the most recent Little Women, uh, Greta Gerwig's, uh, I would put there. Yeah. Uh, Gatsby, uh, I enjoyed enough. Oh, um, the one with uh, DiCaprio? Yeah, with Leo. Okay. Uh, of Mice and Men, the 1992 version, uh, really enjoy that one. That's the one that has uh, Malkovich, Malkovich in it. and Sinise. Um, Clueless, which is based on the book Emma. I didn't know that movie... Oh, Emma is the old... Actually, they're remaking Emma. Did yes. you know that? Yeah, it's, I think it's out, actually. But oh, yeah. okay. Yeah, so Clueless is based on Emma. Uh, I had no idea. Count of Monte Cristo, uh, 2002. Oh, man. That's, another good one. That's a good book and a good movie. Yep. Uh, Muppets Christmas Carol. Really that fun. That would have made my top. That would have made my that top, made top five. five. You know what? Scratch out uh, whatever year. Easy A. <laughs> Muppet Christmas Carol is my there number we go. five. There we go. Uh, I enjoyed uh, the 2012 Les Mis more than a lot of people did. Yeah, you um, did. So that, that would be fine. Apocalypse Now. Uh, based on the book Heart of Darkness, mm. um, The Secret Garden, uh, Rebecca, which is Hitchcock's first uh, American film, was based on the book Rebecca. Now, when Hitchcock made that movie, that book was only 10 years old, but, but sure. now it's 70 years old or whatever. Yeah. So, uh, Peter Pan, uh, the animated film, uh, as well as Hook. Yeah. You know, you could throw in there as or well. Or Finding Neverland. Or well, I, I you guess could you could throw any of those in. You sure but... you could put, uh, I guess Finding Neverland is more a biography of the author, isn't Correct. it? Correct. Yeah. yeah, I think Peter Pan and Hook would be the ones you could throw in there. Yeah. Uh, Hunchback of Notre Dame, uh, Disney's animated oh, film. Yeah. You could I put love in there. that. I actually really love Disney's animated Hunchback. Movie. I enjoy it too. Uh, Rosencrantz and Guildenstern are dead um, is a good one. Uh, Much Ado About Nothing. Uh, I like the, uh, the uh, Kenneth Branagh version of that. Uh, West Side Story, great musical based on Romeo and Juliet. Yep, not a fan. Um, speaking of Romeo and Juliet. Romeo and Juliet. Romeo and Juliet, the Baz Luhrmann film. Speaking of DiCaprio, I hate that movie. Do you? I hate Why that movie. Why do you movie. hate it so much? I. It was the first time for, maybe if I go back and rewatch it, it was the first time I'd seen a movie use the actual dialogue set in a modernistic setting, mm -hmm. yeah. and it just threw me off, and I was just like, ugh, I can't get behind this movie, because A... Forget what I said about the Lion King. I hate Shakespeare. I really do. <laughs> I, I can't get behind. You know, well, it's an acquired taste. Like, there's. Yeah. You, it takes me about five minutes, five to ten minutes, watching actual Shakespeare language, mm -hmm. till I lock in. And I'm like, oh, I'm digging this. Yeah, I think Ray Fiennes did a movie called Coriolanus, which was you know in that old English, and I'm like, I have no idea what's going on. And yeah, it just it's hard for me to get into that mindset. So. Yeah. 
Yeah, I you know that reminds me. Uh, I don't have it. I mean, I did say Much Ado About Nothing, but Joss Whedon made a version of Much Ado About Nothing uh, a few years ago, like 2013 or called 14? the Avengers. No, no, <laughs> oh. it's called Much Ado About Nothing. Oh, uh, and it's black and white, but it's set in modern day. But they do they use all the original language from the you know the film. Scarlett Johansson's in it. Uh, like yeah, it's got a bunch of people in it, so it's kind of a little pet project of his. Okay. Uh, much ado about nothing. So. Oh, I just thought of another one, but it's probably on your list already, so I'll just wait. Well, I've, I've only got two more. So, okay. uh, Warm Bodies, which was a surprisingly... Um, the zombie movie? Yeah. Did What's you it not based enjoy on? What's it's, it? Well, it's Romeo and Juliet. It's based on Romeo and Juliet. Oh, okay. Uh, and then Taming of the Shrew, uh, 10 Things I Hate About You, is based on uh, Taming of the Shrew. Okay. So, those are the only ones Well, that I, I know have. one that would make your list that you forgot about. Which is? Murder on the Orient Express. Oh, yeah, of course. Yeah. Of course. Yeah. Yeah. When uh, was that? That's, when were the Christie novels written? Uh, in the 30s. Okay. Yeah. Very so nice. we're definitely good on the 50s. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Which, 1970, it doesn't seem that far ago, 1970. Well, at least, you know, it's still before we were born. So yeah. that's <laughs> holding, exactly. on, holding on to that. Yep. Uh, but no, you're right. The 70s do seem like a thing that happened. Yeah. So, and, and we're, you know, in less than 10 years, we're going to be living in the 30s. How crazy is that? No thanks. <laughs> as long as cars can drive themselves, that's all I want. Yeah. Just get the cars driving themselves before I die. Can we please do that? And then you can watch movies as you're on your way to the movies. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. That's all I want. Yeah. Uh, there you go. If you have any that we didn't mention, let us know. Feedback at SIFPOP.com. And if you have a SIFT quest you want to send us on, any question or debate you want us to solve, you can send that as well. Feedback. At SIFPOP.com. On to the buried treasure. Yeah. What do you got, Andrew? Uh, I think I may have had this as a uh, buried treasure before, but it's definitely been a hot minute if I have. Uh, uh, Hulu recommended a show that I loved a very long time ago that I thought was canceled far too early, and that is Tim Roth's Lie to Me. Mm. Such a fun show. It came out right around the same time as House, and I think it was competing with House, you know, to have that super smart butthole kind of narcissistic <laughs> yeah. protagonist yeah and uh house definitely won out um but this is such a fun show not a medical drama it's about somebody who can i, th- I think they're called pathologists who uh like look for micro expressions to see when somebody's mm-hmm. lying and yeah they're uh uh a liaison to like the fbi in mm-hmm. cases like yeah. the show lie to me was um was about that that's what my very yes, treasure. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> Continue. Yeah. I was confused for a second. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's such a great show. And uh, I highly recommend it to everybody. It's a super fun watch, and I think you can find them on Hulu right now. So you you thought that was canceled too soon? Yeah. It only had like three seasons. I mean, three seasons is something, though, right? Like, yeah. But uh, it, it it's did. Better than end, Firefly. It ended on a cliffhanger. Oh, yeah. That's right. Yeah. That's right. So. And uh, Tim Roth is so good in that show. He really is. Yeah. He's just so good, but especially in that show. Yeah. I like Tim Roth. And also, you know, it has a pretty decent cast. I think like uh, uh, Mackay Pfeiffer's in that show. So, yeah. I'm all about, I'm all about Lie to Me. What is your buried treasure? Um, I enjoyed a new album. Uh, that I wanted to to mention. Um, mm-hmm. Albums, by the way, uh, their music 
um, you know, I've heard. artists, they put together songs. Yeah. And they put those songs together and they release an album. It's this kind of new thing that artists are, are starting to do. Oh, okay. um, anyhow, uh, Beck's new album, Hyperspace, is really good. Uh, and I just wanted to pass that along. I've been, nice. It's been my morning jam. Uh, getting up and getting around uh, and it's what I like about it is that it's it's got a a groove to it that is energizing but it's not obnoxious and so it kind of really for me it's that balance of yeah this feels fun and sunshiny and poppy but at the same time isn't just like you know, it's like you yeah. know, it's it's got a it's smoothness to it that I you know really enjoy. So Beck is a very unique artist too. Yeah, not a lot of people out there like him. Yeah, no, it's it's good stuff. It's called Hyperspace. Uh, I listen on Spotify. I'm sure it's available other places as well, and in, including at stores. Do they sell? They don't even sell CDs anymore, do they? You know what? I actually went to Walmart and I was like, I think the only CDs they sell are like country music now, like people who don't know how to pirate music. <laughs> <laughs> I, I that had never occurred to me, but I what, like people cannot be buying CDs anymore, right? That's got to be a thing of the past. The last CD I got was Random Access Memories, the Daft Punk album. And when did that come out? Like 2014, yeah, 13, something, something like, like that. that. Yeah. And I wanted it just because, you know, to have the physical, you know, thing of it. I'm sure people buy vinyls, you know, that's still yes, a thing. Yes, that's where, that's where music collection is gone, is buying vinyls. Yeah, I don't see cassettes, 8-tracks, or CDs being anything. No, how what, interesting. What, is, what are CDs used for anymore? Because they're mean, not the same form, like, they're the nothing. same shape, but they're not the same as like a DVD or a Blu-ray. No. So, and no. you don't get software. No, there's not enough storage. Why would you? Why yeah. would you use that when you can get the same space and have you know 100 gigs on a Blu-ray? Like, yeah, that, that makes no sense. So, yeah, that's fascinating. I wonder how long before like they want to even sell movies. You know what I mean? Like, is that a thing? I mean, it feels like right now physical media is still important to some people. Yeah. Um, but. I'm I'm transitioning away from physical media, especially movies. Like yeah, I'm buying I everything was, digital now. I was too until um, until I got the new system, and now it's like doing physical media is so much uh, clearer and crisper and consistent mm. than streaming. Now, once streaming can do um, you know 4K, 4K H- HFR, Dolby Atmos without you know any kind of skipping or whatever. Yeah, um, which I. Yes, I know it can do that. I'm just saying it's not consistent, consistent. Uh, in the same way. Plus, plus the bit rate is different. Just so you know, 4K doesn't isn't like a standard that means it's going to look exactly the same. No, it's just how many time. pixels. Right. Yeah. 4K is how many pixels. The bit rate is how much information, and that holds the information about the colors and the shapes and, and those kind of things. So, yeah, yeah there's, there is a difference um, in being able to do the uh, the less compressed version of 4K that comes on physical media. Yeah. So, Luckily, so, yeah. my eyes are so bad that I can't really tell the difference. So, <laughs> Oh, oh! I'll mention this is an addendum to my buried treasure. Okay. It'll be my second buried treasure. Ooh. Um, I got the Gemini Man 4K, and it's in 60 FPS presentation, and it looks gorgeous so is on my it, TV. Wait, is the Blu-rays in 60 FPS? Yes, what about uh, the 4K Blu-ray what resolution? Is. Oh, 4K, 4K 60 FPS? Yeah. How many discs is that? It's one. They wow. sque- they they got it all into 100 gigs. Um, it is. It looks spectacular. I I am. I know I'm a voice crying in the wilderness, but I just bring it on everything. 
everything should be 60 fps 120 fps i want it crystal clear was it gemini man that made you like for a couple weeks after like you yeah, it was difficult to transition yes everything looked blurry huh so that's fascinating yeah it is it's it's so great um i now, think the only reason i would rewatch gemini man not for the the de-aging but just for that motorcycle chase you yeah. know that old see sequence is so fun i tell you what when we're done here i'll fire up the motorcycle chase in 60 frames per second and see if you can see a difference <laughs> and i'll see and then for the next two weeks man all these movies i'm gonna see they're pretty blurry <laughs> well, it's it's a little different it's a little different because it's not 3d which no. by the way 3d high frame rate is a whole different experience yeah um looks like you're looking through a window um but even 2d uh, high frame rate is is really cool and clear and colorful mm. um so very cool stuff well there you go we did it man yeah we did we did a podcast barked our way all the way through it <laughs> Thanks so much for tuning in to Sif Pop today. It is part of the Studio DNA Podcast Network. You can find out more about other shows on the network at studiodna.media or by searching Studio DNA in your podcast player. Huge thanks to Andrew for hanging out. Well, thank you, sir. Uh, huge thanks to producer Phil. Get well. We love you, Phil. We love you. Um, and much love and gratitude to our Sif Pop members for giving monthly to make Sif Pop a real thing. Support starts at three bucks a month and you get access to every bonus episode as well as some other fun perks. Uh, you can find out more at patreon.com slash Sif Pop. It means the world to us. Thank you for even checking that out. There are a lot of ways to connect with the podcast. Comment, rate, leave a review at uh, Apple Podcasts or email us at feedback at sifpop.com. And finally, if you're having a good time, your movie-loving friends will probably like like it too, so let them know about it and that listening is much easier than controlling a St. Bernard. Uh, we will be back next week with The Invisible Man. Oh, yeah. And um, possibly some spoilers on Fantasy Island coming your way in the feed next. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com podcast. That's Indeed.com podcast. Terms and conditions apply.